Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, and I brought hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buckets. Welcome on in to another live edition of the Hoopers Log. Again, it is October 28th, 2015, your Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time edition of the Hoopers Log here on CLNS Radio, blogtalkradio.com as well. And we finally have some basketball. We finally have basketball to talk about. It, it live, real-life stuff, not preseason not preview stuff, real live basketball. And one guy came in and played last night, and he looked like someone a lot like someone we saw on an older show. I know. Sorry. Yeah, that's Derek Rose. That's Derek Rose for you. He he looked a lot like him. Uh, I don't know if you saw him last night, but when he had his interview at the end of the game, Dude looked like, I swear, if you put some red on his face, he looked just like Wilson from Castaway. Uh, and uh, it was quite evident, though, he played a, a pretty solid game last night. I believe he had about 18 points. And the Bulls got the win. We'll get into that. We'll break that down here shortly again. My name is Simo Buckets. SimoBuckets.com, the phone number, if you'd like to call in and talk about these games from last night on opening night of the NBA, 323 642 one five five eight. I apologies on on the on the podcast situation. We won't be able to upload our preview for the NBA season that we had on Monday until the beginning of November. And starting next week, we're going to be doing daily shows. Now, our daily shows will not be on the CLNS podcast every single week. We're going to probably only set aside one show per week on the podcast. I'm thinking probably Friday or Thursday, whatever day we have. We also have some new news where we're going to get the coach Nick from from B-Ball Breakdown. He's going to be on our show on Friday. We're going to be asking him questions. We're going to be getting his uh, his his information and contacting him, and hopefully he can get on the show and give us some awesome feedback on what we saw last night and potentially even over these next couple of nights in the NBA where they're set to play 
about 18 games uh, up until Friday morning when we when we have our next show when he'll be on. Uh, we'll probably podcast the shows that he's on, but we'll figure that out throughout the year. Overall, though, every single show you can guarantee will be here on blogtalkradio.com slash the Hoopers Log. They'll be here all season long, every weekday, Monday through Friday, same time, same place. You can guarantee it. It'll be here. They're not going to be as long as these last couple of weeks or the preview shows. They're going to be about 30 minutes, 45 minutes, something basic. But we're going to have them up for you. Then again, I apologize for the for the uh, for the podcast situation because also the phone number is incorrect on the show. Uh, it says three two three six four eight one five five eight. I don't know why it says that. I don't know how I copied that wrong or how that was printed wrong. But it is actually three two three six four two. One five five eight is the number. Again, we won't have shows up on the app till November first, but you can get the update next week. And uh, again, we'll we'll be doing shows every Friday and potentially have Coach Nick on every week, depending upon how uh, what what his schedule is like and what he can do. But he's going to be on for us Friday. And and Andrew hooked it up for us. Andrew, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I got to see my Pistons dominate the formerly sixty win Hawks. Andre Drummond looked. Looked amazing from the free throw line, even not amazing, but sixty percent. That's about twenty percent increase. I mean, he hit four in a row at one point. We got to see the Bulls against the Cavs and an exciting game that came right down to the wire. And then we even got to see you know Golden State just kind of tear apart New Orleans. And I mean, it was it was just kind of ugly. The score was only you know a sixteen point game, but it was a lot uglier to watch than that. Well, it's a lot like Oklahoma City from a year ago when you dress only nine guys and three of your main guys are on the bench because they're hurt. I mean, that's you're going to get that kind of performance. I mean, they kept it close early, but a lot like what we saw from Oklahoma City early on last season, when you only have nine guys in, in uniform, you're going to wear down, especially against the defending NBA champions. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I, I kind of despise this time of year when it comes to sports because I love baseball as well, and the Game one of the World Series was on last night, and I was watching. I was watching these games. Don't get me wrong, but the moment I started seeing that the game was going to the tenth, the eleventh, I had to switch over, and it bothered me because I really wanted to watch these opening night games, especially Steph Curry going off last night. And it bothers me from the standpoint of look. I mean, come on, come on, Major League Baseball. You can start the season one week earlier. You can. You can start it one week earlier and get this World Series done and over with so that we can have this NBA season prepared. They did it last year. They had Game 7 of the World Series on the same day as the opening night of the NBA. That's totally fine. I can watch opening night of the NBA and then flip on over to Game 7 when Madison Bumgarner is dominating. I can do that. But Game 1 kidding me opening week of the nba is the same week of the of game one through seven in the world series that's brutal from multiple perspectives but i did watch i did watch the cleveland and chicago game andrew you ready to break down this cleveland chicago game then we'll get to your detroit let's, Pistons. let's do it man let's talk about lebron and uh wilson i mean all right all right all right you're gonna learn today yeah you said you said wilson I'm right sorry, said, wilson <laughs> Yeah, I know. He 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 legitimately looks like I swear. Like I saw it multiple times. I was like, oh my god, I feel like I'm ten again watching this movie. Uh, Cleveland and Chicago. Cle- Chicago got the win, ninety-seven, ninety-five, in an amazing play by Paul Gasol. This is how it ended on TNT. Williams, Love has the last eight points for Cleveland. Still on the double inbound. Ten seconds to go. 
Cleveland 120. Watch it for Tana. LeBron, the turnover gets fired. That's how it sounded on TNT. Uh, again, Pau Gasol had six blocks last night. Not one of the not one of his better performances in his career. He didn't score that many points. But from the perspective of just locking down the game, Pau Gasol did it. And also after that play, when uh, when the Cleveland Cavaliers got the ball back with about three and a half seconds left, Jimmy Butler made one of the better plays you'll ever see. I mean, this guy if he played volleyball. He he literally did that at the end of the game. He out-jumped LeBron, which is crazy to say these days, but Jimmy Butler out-jumped LeBron, tipped the ball to half court, ran the ball down, and he basically just watched it roll on by him as the clock ran out. That was an absolutely clutch play, along with what Pau Gasol did. If you saw it live, if you saw it in action, it was an outstanding basketball game. Again, Chicago with the win, 97-95, getting their first win of the year. Chicago will sh- – oh, Excuse me. Chicago will show who they are later on, but they looked functional last night. Again, LeBron had a great game, and another ho hum, twenty-five, ten and five game, twenty-five points, ten assists, five assists. It was one of those games where, you know, Chicago looks good because it was opening night. They looked like a decent, functional team. Please remember, people, that also the Cleveland Cavaliers were without Amon Shumpert, who, let's be honest, would have shut down Jimmy Butler last night with his defensive presence, maybe even at least slowed him down. And then you also are missing a guy in Kyrie Irving. The, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers played well. They, they didn't they – didn't, Charles Barkley said it best last night on the TNT program. They lost, but they didn't get beat. This team was hurt. I mean, that's how they played in the NBA Finals. They lost, but they didn't get beat. They, they, they don't have their full presence of guys out there right now. And if they did, I can guarantee you Cleveland would have walked out of here with a 10-point victory, and it would have been a nothing game. It would have been nothing. And LeBron didn't play spectacular. LeBron played an average LeBron game. I mean, 10 rebounds, 25 points, 5 assists, 5 assists shy of a, of a triple-double. That's just how he plays. That's what his game is these days. And if you added a couple more pieces, which they have on their squad, they're just hurt. This is a team way better than Chicago. Now, again, Chicago looked good last night. You're going to see performances like this from Chicago all season long. You're going to see a team that's going to be able to compete with everybody in the Eastern Conference. I'm not buying the fact that this team can win can win and do as well as they did last night on a nightly basis. It's not going to happen. I believe they're going to be a, a great top five Eastern Conference team. But last night was really what you saw from their ceiling. Everyone was healthy. Everyone played pretty good. Everyone played well. And you still saw the fact that they had to come down to a final possession against a, against an ailing Cleveland, Cleveland uh, I almost say Cleveland Brown, an, an ailing Cleveland Cavalier team, and they still only won by two. Now, they got the win. Wins is a win. A win is a win in, in professional sports. But, again, they're ailing. Uh, Cleveland's not healthy, and Chicago played very well, just, again, against the team that's injured. One thing before I let you take it away, Andrew. Uh, how many points do you think you could score in a basketball game, Andrew? Uh, I'd probably beat Kobe's eighty-one. You know. Yeah. Okay. All right. But uh, but I mean, <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I think you could. I think you could make a three from the corner. I think you could. I think you, if you had one chance to make a three from the corner, you get the opportunity and you'd make it. If not, you could get at least get a lay layup. So the guy who had his holdout over this past season in Tristan Thompson. $80 million contract, getting paid 16 plus per year. His stat line, two points, 12 rebounds. Now, 12 rebounds, not too shabby, but you're getting paid $16 million a year. 
you got to come out and get at least 12, 15 rebounds like he did, but you got to get at least 10 points, man. You got to be a double double guy if you're going to get that kind of production off this guy. Again, two points, 16 million a year. It's a joke. So, and I'm not going to sit here and lie. Clay Thompson didn't have the greatest stat line either, and he's supposed to be one of the top three shooting guards in the NBA. I'll get to that later. Andrew, what did you see of this Cleveland and Chicago game tonight or last night? Uh, my main two takeaways. First, uh, Cavaliers could have the sixth man of the year once Kyrie gets back and Mo Williams. I mean, this guy just doesn't age, especially when he starts playing with LeBron, as we saw last night. I mean, last year I'm pretty sure he averaged pretty close to 15 points. Last night he goes out, he goes 7 for 15 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3, gets himself 19.7 assists and 4 rebounds in 37 minutes. And he didn't look tired towards the end of the game. That 37 minutes didn't look like it really like took a lot out of him. It looked like he's fine, he's in shape, he's ready. And then when you start making this guy only play 20, 25 minutes a game coming off the bench, he's going to get even better. The shooting percentage is going to go up. The three-point percentage is going to go up. You know, it's 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 a whole thing. That, then you add Kyrie on top of that. Mo Williams might be the most important addition to any team with championship aspirations this year, and I, and I really mean that. But probably my biggest takeaway from this game is it sure doesn't look like Derrick Rose is ready to hand those keys over to Jimmy Butler. I've said it time and time again. If this team wants to beat LeBron and the Cavaliers, Jimmy Butler has to be the number one option. If I told you one guy shot 22 shots and one guy shot 14, who would you think? You would think the guy who shot 22 shots scored 10, 15 more points. Derrick Rose was yeah, 8 yeah. for 22, 8 for 22 for 18 points. Jimmy Butler was 6 for 14, not great, for 17 points. Uh, Jimmy wow. Butler also had five rebounds and two assists against Derrick Rose, five assists and one rebound. Jimmy Butler played five more minutes than Derrick Rose and had eight less shots. That's unacceptable. There is no reason Jimmy Butler should be taking maybe maybe a couple less at most. This should be pretty even. Jimmy Butler deserves the keys. Derrick Rose hasn't proved he can carry a team to a championship. Derrick Rose hasn't proved he can stay healthy through an 82-game season. And Jimmy Butler has proven he can stay healthy at least. Now it's time to give the ch- guy a chance to see if he can carry a team. And I'm not saying throw Derrick Rose to the curb. I'm not saying don't let Derrick Rose shoot. Derrick Rose might be a top five number two option in the league if he moved to the number two option. I mean, this guy is still very good, but you're not going to win a championship. And I said it in the preview. You're not going to win a championship with a point guard who's shooting under 45% from the field. And and it's just way too many jump shots. He took he took two three-pointers last night, missed them both. Only 50% from the free throw line. It's just not reliable. He, if he wants to be the superstar MVP player he once was, he has to do better than 40, 45% field goal shooting is the bottom he can be. Last night he shot 36% from the field. He had one steal. He had no blocks. You know, he spent half the game limping. Uh, it, it's just this guy's career if he gets injured one more time, might be over. So I think it's time to start that transition now. And I really think, you know, if if this continues for the next few games, uh, Fred Hoiberg is going to have to force that to happen. You cannot put your whole franchise in a guy who you're not sure if he's going to stay healthy, who you know isn't going to shoot 45%, and, you know, who's just going to – 
he's just going to take bad shots for half of his shots on top of it. It's just not acceptable. Uh, on top of that, you know, LeBron, 12 for 22, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, like you said. I mean, this guy was about to not play because his back. And, you know, you see all over Twitter he's faking. Of course LeBron's faking. Why wouldn't he be faking? He can't get hurt. He's a cyborg, so of course he's faking. Um, but with that, I mean, you're about to not play, then you go out and drop 25, 10, and 5. That's ridiculous. That's just – that's insane. Yeah. And on top of that, look at how he's setting up Kevin Love. And if you think shooting is the only thing that can make you clutch, which Kevin Love was unbelievably clutch last night shooting the ball at the end of that game. Yeah. Look at the vision LeBron had in that fourth quarter on those passes to Kevin Love. One of them was really simple. There was, I think, two other ones where he just would dart it across the court in the fourth quarter alone, and it's just Kevin Love wide open for three. I mean, it's it, – LeBron's passing might have more impact on a basketball game than any other player in the league simply because of the fact that he sees players that nobody else would see, and he throws these passes with insane velocity. I mean, he'll be – across the court, and he'll make it go underhand on a line drive. It's insane. Um, I really, you know, the, the Bulls won by two points, but the Cavaliers, like you said, are hurt, and they just they didn't look like they were at the top of their game at all. Six for 17, Kevin Love. Three for 10, J.R. Smith. Two for six, Timothy Malagoff. Tristan Thompson only had two points. I mean, Richard Jefferson looked good. Anderson Barajal still only playing 12 minutes. That's going to go up. Kyrie's going to be back. Iman Shumpert's going to be back. I mean, this team, in the loss, proved how scary they're going to be. If this team yeah. kept it within two with what, hap- what with what went on last night, they proved how scary they really are. And last night, and again, the phone number, if you'd like to call in and talk about this or any other game from that matter from last night, the phone number is 323-642-1558. And again, you mentioned the point about, about Derek Rose and handing the keys to Jimmy Butler. Now, you can make the case and the caveat that, again, this was game one of the season. We're not going to see everything from everyone in the first game of the year because not everyone's going to just give away their secrets at the beginning of the year. They're, they're going to show improvement, but they're not going to show their secrets. Now, you can make the case, yes, I agree with you, that Jimmy Butler needs to take take the keys to the car. But knowing that Derrick Rose and his competitive nature, knowing that he's coming into this game without, without a Kyrie guarding him on the other side or having to guard a Kyrie on the other side, he knows that he can take, he can take that, that, that burden and, and take it from the team. And I think that's what his mindset was coming into this game. I agree with you. If Kyrie, when he comes back in December, uh, January, and when they play the Bulls again sometime down the road and Kyrie's fully healthy and playing – you better believe if Derrick Rose has more shot attempts than Jimmy Butler that this would not be the outcome of the game. Chicago won last night. Okay, a win is a win. They got it done. They got the win. Again, Jimmy Butler, again, should have had maybe a better stat line or at least a better, more, uh, what is that, fundamental efficiency rating compared to what maybe Derrick Rose had, obviously. And if Derrick Rose did what he did last night, you can make the case that, again, Cleveland's going to win the next three against this team uh, unlike any other. But at the same time, I mean, like you said, is a lot like the demos I saw last night for NBA Live. Like, Russell Westbrook had his commercial about NBA Live and how he can finally play the preview of the game. That's what you're watching in this Cleveland Cavalier team for these next, this next month and a half. You're watching a preview. You're not watching, you're not watching the full-featured film for this team. You're watching a preview. And last night, their preview almost beat the entire healthy starting lineup of the Chicago Bulls. There's a reason why this Cleveland Cavalier team is head and shoulders above everyone in the Eastern Conference. Chicago came in. Brand new coach, 
healthy or kind of healthy Derrick Rose, uh, you know, fully much better Jimmy Butler, which is saying something because he improved immensely last year. Uh, Paul Gasol playing not great, but playing well enough, obviously defensively six blocks. Um, Noah, Joe Kim Noah still coming in and putting on a, 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 a hard-nosed defensive effort, definitely taking a step back like he has every year and over the past three years. But you're looking at a Bulls team that you're going to see what the best of what they had last night. The Cleveland Cavaliers aren't even near that. And they're a preview and a shell of what they are right now. But last night, again, the Bulls getting the win. You're going to see a lot more epic battles between these two teams throughout the year. And again, Tristan Thompson, $80 million-plus contract, $16.4 million a year, two points, 12 rebounds. Disgusting. There's another player I want to talk about about that later. But let's get to this Detroit-Atlanta game and listen to Andre Drummond post-game. This is some good stuff from Andre. Andre, what an opening statement by your team here tonight in Atlanta as you beat a Hawks team that lost just six games here on their home floor a season ago. How good does this win feel? Man, you know, we've been waiting for this moment. You know, we've been working ever since July, man. We've been in the gym each and every day, working hard, trying to get to know each other. You know, we got about seven new guys on the team, and, you know, we stayed committed, and we took the time to really come in the gym and work hard, and, you know, the chemistry showed today. You talked about the new guys. What can you say about the job that Marcus Morris did tonight in his Pistons debut? You know, I said early on. I mean, he's going to be a big key for us, and, you know, he came out and showed the stuff that he could do. He's a great defender, and, you know, probably the best mid-range game I've ever seen, so... You know, he's a great addition to us. You know, Ersan Leosov has been great for us, too. You know, he's got a group of guys that are willing to play. Going into this game, Andre, it looked like you guys would have a significant advantage on the boards, and you really were able to take advantage, especially on the offensive glass. How were you able to do it? Do what I do every night. You know, I really just, I go after it. You know, I might not get it every time, but more times I go in, the more times I probably get my hands on it, so... I just keep going. How much confidence does this give you guys going into the home opener tomorrow night at the Palace? It's a great feeling. You know, we got the win tonight, but we got to shake it off and uh, get ready for a game tomorrow. Thanks for your time. Congrats on the win. Appreciate it. Thanks. What a start for Andre Drummond and the Pistons as they beat the Hawks tonight in Atlanta. They're coming home. 1-0, Mickey York. And you just heard it again, Detroit there on the call with their post-game pre- uh a little conference thing with uh, Andre Drummond. Again, the trick got the win, 106-94. And again, as you heard, Atlanta only lost six times in their building last year. And Detroit came in and absolutely dominated. Andre Drummond, 19 rebounds. Ho-hum in his sleep. I'm just going to do what I do. You know, I'm Andre Drummond. I'm going to grab 15, 16 rebounds a game like it's nothing. 19 rebounds in his sleep, 18 points. Again, improving from the free throw line a little bit here and there. Three assists, two blocks. Nothing special. And here's one thing before I let you take it away, Andrew, because this is a game you totally watched. I know you're into it. Uh, the, the loss of Damari Carroll was heavily apparent by this Atlanta Hawks team. And there was a stat show, thrown up again on, on TNT about the loss of Damari Carroll. Both guys, Fabo Sevalosha and Kent Bazemore, two guys who came in and took over for, the, for the, the missing part in Damari Carroll, who's now in the Toronto Raptors. They combined for a little bit, I think, believe about 38, 39 minutes in this ball game. Both scored a combined two points. Charles Barkley brought up a perfect point last night, and I wish I had audio for it, but he brought up the perfect point of what I'm trying to tell people about this team and why Atlanta's not going to be a high-powered team in the Eastern Conference this year. And I know it's game one. I know, I know a lot can change from now, and I know Atlanta can go on a run like we saw last year, maybe not the same type of run, but they can, they can go out and be a, be a pretty good 45-win team this year and make the postseason in the Eastern Conference. But Atlanta – the heartbeat of their team is gone. Damari Carroll and his stats, 
he wasn't just a stats guy. This is what Charles Barkley said on the show last, uh, last night in TNT. He said he's not just a stats guy. He's an energy bug, a guy who can come in, defend the best player on the floor, a guy who, can, who, who makes the plays that don't show up in the stat line, a guy for when he does get you a bucket or two, it's going to energize your ball club. It's going to change the presence of your team. It's going to give you the F- – I'm not saying Damari Carroll's a superstar. I'm just saying he's a lightning rod for that team. He's gone. They don't have that lightning rod anymore. And if you have two guys coming in and covering for him, stats-wise, they're not going to show up on the, stats, on the stat sheet along with in the energy department. Again, a combination of about 39, 40 minutes between the two, Kenton Bazemore and Thabo Sevalosha, two points. That's not going to get it done at the small forward position. And if you're relying on Jeff Teague and Kyle Korver from the outside and two smaller centers, two smaller big men and Paul Millsap, and Al Horford to get you the buckets that you need, you're in a sore loss for a season this season, Atlanta. And if you think that's going to get it done, I don't think so. Andrew, take it away. This is your game to talk about. Get it done, man. Yeah, uh, first of all, I mean, you had a few. The Hawks really showed last night where, you know, first of all, last year I didn't think one of them should have been all-stars, let alone five. And I know that's a crazy statement to some people, but I mean, the most all-star-like line was Paul Millsap at like 18 points and eight rebounds. So, I mean, that that's not that impressive. This team got hot last year. Uh, I said it a whole bunch of times last year that they were fluke, they're fluky, but then I come on on Monday for the prediction show and I throw them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, I'm sticking by that one game, not jumping off that. They're still a very good team with probably top five coach in the NBA in Budenholzer, and, you know, they're, they're going to get it fixed. Um, not that anything's necessarily broken. I mean, it might have just been a bad game. If you actually watched it, you saw that Stan Van Gundy's defensive system has taken its place already. The rotation by the Detroit Pistons last night was some of the most beautiful defensive rotations I've ever seen. I mean, I would see a guy get double-teamed, and throw it to the wide-open guy, and before the ball even got there, there'd be a guy on the wide-open guy. And it, it was just the movement, the, the the fun this team looked like it had playing defense, not even just offense. Just on the defensive end, this team looked like it was having fun. I mean, if you go through the shooting, the, the field goals, I mean, we got Millsap at 7 for 15, who looked really good last night. Jeff Teague, 7 for 16, who, you know, got only played seven more minutes than Dennis Schroeder. Um Al Horford, 6-for-11, the most overrated player in basketball, by the way, with his four rebounds last night, which is not acceptable if you're a center playing 30 minutes. Uh, Kyle Korver, 1-for-5 from three, 3-for-9 three overall. When did we see Kyle Korver go 1-for-5? Uh, Schroeder played awesome, 20 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds, 8-for-14. But as you can see there, the shooting percentage for the Hawks wasn't very high, and, and a lot of that came late in the game when the Pistons were just kind of lollygagging, when they were up 15 with two minutes left, there was a few shots made. Um, but then you go on the Pistons end, and, man, did KCT, Catavius Caldwell-Pope, look like he improved. 21 points, 7 of 14 shooting. He looked awesome. Marcus Morris, does he look ready? As Andre Drummond said, Andre Drummond said it's the best mid-range shot he's ever seen. I've never seen a player shoot 6 for 19 from the field and look so good while doing it. It was it was absurd. I mean, he started out the game hot. Uh, he slowed down, but he ended up with a double-double, 18 and 10, and four assists on top of it. You can't ask for more than that, playing 37 minutes. Andre Drummond, you know, I predicted 20 and 14 for him this season, got off to a pretty 
darn good start at 18 points, 19 rebounds. And, and in all honesty, that was not a good offensive game. He was rushing it. He shot 6 for 16 from the field. He was rushing his moves in the post. He, he didn't look ready to really control the offense yet, which is disappointing, but it might have just been first-game jitters. I saw a few different plays. He backed the guy down, and instead of maybe up-faking it, he'd just go straight up and take a bad shot and dish it out. Um, only four fouls, which was key. He got 37 minutes. So many times last year we saw Andre Drummond not get even up to the 30-minute mark. Because Five fouls he, in, like, in like, like 25, yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah at, at most. Like I've seen – I one time saw him play two minutes in the first quarter, have two fouls, got in, in 30 seconds he got a foul, and then he fouled out in, with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. I've seen that before. Um Ursan looks like he fits. I mean, if you remember Stan Van Gundy's offense based around Dwight Howard, you had Rashard Lewis, you had Hito Turkoglu. Ursan Ilyasova is the perfect fit for this offense. Now, if I had it my way, he's coming off the bench because at one point last night, actually most of the second half, the Pistons had the lineup of Reggie Jackson, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Stanley Johnson at the three, Marcus Morris at the four, and Andre Drummond obviously at the five. And I have never seen a Pistons – well, I have. I was around for the 04 Pistons, the greatest <laughs> team of all time. Um, but I've never in the last since, – since this rebuild started like eight years ago, I have not seen a Pistons team move the ball like that lineup did. I mean, they're having fun. They they look like they love playing with each other. This looks – again, they're not the 04 Pistons, but let me preface that with they're not the 04 Pistons yet. Okay. The bad boys weren't the bad boys until they became the bad boys. I, I know that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you have to start somewhere. Um, this Detroit, the Detroit franchise has won three titles, uh, two with the bad boys and one in 04, okay? The bad boys, of course they had Isaiah Thomas. Of course they had Joe Dumars. But they, they still played more as a team than as the superstar taking over. Of course Isaiah Thomas had legendary games when he hurt his ankle and went out and dropped, like, 20 points in the fourth quarter. You know, of course, Joe Dumars is a Hall of Famer, maybe the most underappreciated player of all time. But, I mean, this team really looks like it's a team that's going to stand the test of time. And look at the ages of these guys. KCP's in his early 20s. Drummond's only 22. Reggie Jackson's only 24. Stanley Johnson's 20. I mean, it's insane. And a guy who I know you didn't like the contract he got last year in Aaron Bain played 11 no. minutes only. That's fine. He he. It was Andre Drummond for 37, and Aaron Bain's got the other 11. He came in, went three of five from the field for six points and five rebounds. He fits. He he knows how to play a certain role. He comes in. He shoots 85 percent plus from the free throw line. He shoots 60 percent plus from from the field, and he's got a mid range jumper. I mean, if you can combo Andre Drummond with Aaron Baines for 10, 15 minutes a game, you're not, I mean, you're losing a lot down low, obviously, from Drummond to Aaron Baines, but for a bench roll, that is a darn good player, especially with the salary cap rising, a $7 million contract a year does not bother me at all, for for really anybody. Now, now somebody who didn't play, I was a little disappointed, was Reggie Bullock. Now, I think he'll play tonight in a back-to-back. Um, you know, his career average is 2.3 points, so why would I be excited? Um, one, you see the core of Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, KCP, and Stanley Johnson. It, you can see that they've all, even the rookie, have taken leadership roles. 
he has been right there on their side the whole time. Everything you see, they went and they trained with UFC. They did all they did a whole bunch of stuff in the off season. Got trained by Forrest Griffin for a bit. I mean, that's insane. And then Forrest Griffin and that whole UFC camp came and tried to get trained for basketball, which I guess was ugly. But Reggie Bullock's right <laughs> there. You see in the videos he's standing side by side. They all love him. So when he starts to get minutes, you know, that so much of sports is mental. You know, when he fits in with this team, you saw Reggie Jackson, who, you know, wasn't shooting a very high percentage on the Thunder. Comes over, he's a leader. Everybody here absolutely loves him. When he got traded here, he tweeted out Detroit versus everybody, which if you live in or near Detroit, you know how important that saying is because it's something we really do live by here. You know, we we see all the stuff all over the place, how Detroit's a junk box, even though we all know it's not. There are places, but we really do live by that here in and around Detroit. So he automatically was on everybody's good side. The dude raised his shooting percentage by 10% and his three-point shooting by set percentage by like 15%. So much of sports is mental and wanting to be liked and wanting to do the right thing that when you're comfortable, like Reggie Bullock really looks like he is, you can change your game completely. And not only did he his career average is 2.3 points, but just to kind of show why you can still get excited about that kind of player, and I'm not saying he's going to be Jimmy Butler by any stretch, Bench player at right. best. Jimmy Butler averaged 2.6 points his rookie year. I mean, it's anything can happen, especially when you have a role, which I think he will have, even though he didn't play last night. And I think you're going to see him 5, 10, 15 minutes tonight, which should be actually really exciting. You see a uh, you see a healthy new brand new team, and you're going to see the best of what you have when they're healthy, and the very first couple of games of the year. Um, well, I remember when the Spurs won the championship, I believe in 2014, if I'm, well, I'm not if I'm not mistaken, that was the year. If not, it was 2013, the year they did this. They came in and they won, I think, their first 11 of 12 games. And they looked like a team that was going to win 70. And when you have a young core of guys like the Detroit Pistons and you see what they did like to a team like Atlanta who won 60 games last year, they were no joke. I mean, you say they were fluky. You say all that. And I, and I actually agree with you to, to, to an extent. But then it gets to a point where it's like, look, when you win 33 out of 35 games, it can be fluky, but at the same time, there's something to that, and there's a there's a perception around that. There's a there's a there's a feel around that that becomes that becomes scary, and it becomes good. Like from the standpoint of we can win on any night that we want to. That it all comes down to us wanting to feel that way. And they got into a role, and they did well, and I believe that that contributed to a lot of why they won 60 games. Obviously, because they won 33 and 35, but. At the same time, that shouldn't deter you from being a solid team. And Detroit came out and dominated. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, simmer your fire of this team because I think they're a good team too. I think they're a solid team that can shoot for forty, maybe forty-five wins if all goes well. And obviously, down the road, they look scary in the future. Um, but this was game one, and they're healthy. They looked fantastic. I'm not going to lie. Andre Drummond looks like he's improving every year. He looks like he's getting more efficient, better as a basketball player, which is really scary because he's already really, really good at the center position. But this team is still young. They're still – this was game one tonight. will be a test for them against a team that we both think will make a giant leap in the Western Conference. And, again, it's the Western Conference. This isn't the East. Detroit can make the playoffs in the East, but I can guarantee you this. If Detroit is playing in the, in the Western Conference, they – 
they might not make they might not even touch the postseason because they're just not there yet when it comes to their development. Yes, they're good. They're, they looked fantastic last night, but it was game one. Come back from a back to back, Rudy Gobert coming in into his first year where he should do something big. Gordon Hayward is still really good. Stanley Johnson playing against Gordon Hayward, that's that's a test all by itself. And then you got Trey Burke who's very fundamental. Again, I think Reggie Jackson's gonna play well against him. I'm not sitting here saying he's not, but you've got a team in Utah that has a very good outlook. And if Detroit can come out and do some things against them in their home opener and make make Utah look bad, I might have more say to your I might have more feeling to your say, but again, it's only game one of eighty two. It's early. They looked fantastic. They looked good in their home opener. That is a big time boost for the organization and the franchise as a look for the future and for even this year. But it's game one. They looked healthy, rested, and you said a good point about Baines that I didn't think about. His role for that team is perfect. Andre Drummond's only going to probably not play about 10, 15 minutes a game. And who's going to cover his spot? Aaron Baines. And you said you, you said it yourself. He loses you lose a lot with Aaron Baines. You just do. But what you get back is you get a fundamental basketball player who can shoot a mid-range jumper, a guy who can give you maybe five boards in a game, if at best, uh, a guy who can kind of fill in and play a – I would say a a outline model, you know, not a, not the not the real uh, you know guts of of the player because Andre Drummond has the guts of a superstar, where Aaron Baines has more of the guts of a of a hollow Hershey's chocolate, you know, like like Easter Bunny <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? He doesn't have anything. He's he's like an Easter Bunny. He's like an Easter Bunny chocolate. You know, that's what I'm saying. He's got he's got nothing on the inside. He's just he's just a frame. He just kind of stands there and he just does his job. He doesn't do anything amazing, but he's he he can give you something for ten minutes and then after that, good luck because it's all downhill from there. But I mean, he's fundamental. He can give you something, and if you want him for that, I mean, that's that's good. But again, his contract is. Eh. I mean, if he can prove that, he can prove it this year. For all I know, he can prove it. But again, Andre Drummond looked outstanding. Detroit's one and zero. And they look like they can contend down the road here in the future. And who knows if they get off to a hot start, anything's possible. Like you said, anything is possible, but it is early. And I just wanted to remind you that again, ring ceremony. Just real quick, just for people who don't like Reggie Jackson's contract this summer, which I loved uh, his plus minus last night in 32 minutes was plus 26. Uh, That's the, the high, that's 16 points higher than anybody on the Hawks. So I just wanted to throw that out there real fast. Well, we can move on now. Reggie Jackson, and one thing again before we move on, Reggie Jackson should have been starting in the NBA about two years ago. Uh, I watched this guy play in the Western Conference Finals against the Spurs in 2014, and I thought, how the hell is this guy not starting? He's, he is one of the, he's a top 15 point guard when he starts. Unfortunately, he's right behind uh, Russell Westbrook, who we both think is going to be the MVP of the league this year. And you're never going to see time when you have a guy that explosive and that ridiculous um, with that guy behind him. You're not going to see time. And if you do, it's going to be in very small portions of minutes because Russell Westbrook ain't coming off the floor. And if he does come off, if he does come back on the floor, he might play at the two. I mean, and that's the thing. And like Reggie Jackson won't be utilized the way we know he can. I see, I saw Reggie Jackson last year when that Oklahoma city team was just like, like the new Orleans Pelicans are, which we're going to get to in a second with nine guys suited up, eight guys suited up and Reggie Jackson held his own. 25 points I saw him score, eight, 10 assists. The guy can come out and play a very efficient brand of basketball and help anybody in the NBA at a very all-star type level. He can do that. He can. And the sad part was when he was in OKC, it was not 
It was not distributed. And finally, he's at a spot where he can finally shine. And that's what everyone was saying at the trade deadline when he went to Detroit. Finally, finally, we can see the, the growth of Reggie Jackson the way it was all meant to be in a starting position for a guy to finally shine the way we could. Let's get to the, let's get to the Golden State Warriors and the ring ceremony from last night. It was expected. The Warriors are going to come out and play well. New Orleans, obviously, Anthony Davis struggled. Still scored 18 points. He, had, he went four for 20 from the field. That's not good. But when you're only, when you're only suiting nine guys, you're not going to play as well as you expect, just based on the fact that, look, everyone's going to hone in on you. And Anthony Davis, I felt like, probably had to put a little bit more into his game than he wanted to. Only four for 20 from the field. He did get to the free throw line uh, for 15 attempts. He made 10 of them, and that helped out his scoring at about 18 per the ga- for the game. And, you know, again, it's not going to help your team, but it's going to help you look better. Um, he, he, was, he was overmatched just from the standpoint of there's just not a lot of help for him. And the team was, is, just, is just downtrodden. They're not where they need to be right now in New Orleans. And this is, this is the kind of stuff I was talking about from the New Orleans Pelicans that I wanted to kind of hit home for the people in the preview was that uh, New Orleans is going to be a playoff team if they can get all their guys back and get their flow back. That's going to take about a month or two. And as we saw in Oklahoma City, who Oklahoma City is way more talented than this New Orleans Pelicans team is right now, right now. And that team a year ago was battered so badly where they lost. And again, granted, you lost Kevin Durant and you lost Russell Westbrook for a month. That's always going to take you down. But when you lose a guy in Tyreek Evans, a couple of other guys that I'm not mentioning right now, but when you lose those guys for a young team, and they're not as – it's kind of the same thing. And they're just – they're going to struggle this first month. But once everyone comes back, expect them to take that leap up and maybe even make a run and get into the postseason in the Western Conference. That's saying something considering the West is so stacked and so loaded. But this is the kind of stuff you're going to see from them, especially on ring night where Steph Curry just absolutely went off. Again, Steph Curry, he had a whiteboard-worthy performance. Now, for those of you who don't know what a whiteboard-worthy performance is, I started this last year when I made this thing um, – this Hooper's log last year back in December. Uh, I recorded whiteboard with performances all season. It's basically where you get 50 points and higher overall. And what, the, what I mean by that is through my system is 40 points equals 40 points, obviously. Six rebounds equals six points. So you get six points from the rebounds. Steals. If you get more than one steal, it, it, it'll count towards your thing. If you get more than one block, it'll count towards your thing. If you get more, so if you get more than two, or if you get more than one, and you get two or you get three, then that'll count towards your thing. And assists, those count as two points because every assist counts for at least two points. Steph Curry had 40 points, seven assists, six rebounds, and two steals. That's a 62 overall. To give you an understanding of who had the best performance last season, Russell Westbrook had an 87 last year, and, and his, I think it was his crazy triple-double game where he had, like, 50 points and, like, 15 assists or something ridiculous. I think that was the game where he just went off. And on top of that, you know, Steph Curry, again, a 62 overall in the white boy performance, first one of the year, and deservedly so. 40 points, seven assists, six rebounds, two steals. He went off last night, and he, he showed why he was the MVP last season. And he finally played – pretty much an entire game again they dominated so he probably didn't play as much in the fourth quarter as he did apologies again I didn't watch the whole game the World Series was on I cut out about third quarter out I just stopped I I just I just watched the World Series it was too intense 14 innings in the World Series this year 
the longest game one in, in World Series history, I, I, I had to watch it. It was something that you couldn't keep your eyes off of. It was intense. It was it was all drama and spe- spectacular. But from the standpoint of watching this ring ceremony game, Golden State looked like the team that's going to win 50-plus games again, maybe even 60. Shaq said it on the postgame show. He said, this team can win 60 games again. He said 65, 67 wins is, is ridiculous, like we were saying. But this team still has the capability of winning 60 games. It's the same team coming back. Draymond Green looked good. Clay Thompson, again, this is another crazy thing. Clay Thompson, nine points, five fouls, seven turnovers, three assists, and four rebounds. We, I'm telling you, it is safe to say this is a down era in the two-guard position in the NBA. I mean, you just don't have guys like Kobe Bryant, you know, in his prime. You don't have Michael Jordan walking around. You don't have Dwayne Wade in his prime. You just – you don't have those guys anymore, and Clay Thompson is supposed to be a top three shooting guard, which I, I, I think he is. I think he's still a top three shooting guard, obviously. I know he is. He was last year, and you can make the case that it's just it, when you have a guy like Steph Curry, you don't necessarily need to perform that, 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 at that level, but to at least have a better turnover to assist ratio than that. I mean, come on, seven turnovers, three. I know he's a shooting guard. I know he's not going to just pass like Steph Curry does, but, you know, Five fouls, nine points. That's that is that is a pretty garbage performance from a guy who we expect to be a top five player at his position, maybe even top three. Uh, again, I was watching the World Series. Andrew, what did you get, what did you get from this game? Um, first thing, I think this is going to be maybe the most overrated whiteboard worthy performance of the whole season. <laughs> um, Steph Curry dropped forty points. Twenty six of them were in the first quarter. Um, but let's go through this New Orleans Pelicans starting lineup. You had the worst Anthony Davis I've ever seen at four for 20 from the field. Uh, he did take two three-pointers, which interested me, just off the fact of if that's something he really added this year or if they were just something that happened in stride. Um, you know, then you had Eric Gordon, Nate Robinson, Dante Cunningham, and Kendrick Perkins. That That's bad. I didn't... I don't think I realized how bad it was until the end of the first quarter. Then I just kind of looked at it, and I was like, oh, my. Anthony Davis is playing with Eric Gordon and the rest of the D-League slash the retired committee. I mean, it's it's just not good. Um, And I don't want to discredit Steph Steph Curry's game because you can only play who's there. Um, But this – and it was impressive. It was still a great game. But as far as 40-point games go, I don't want to jump off the top. I mean, out of the starting lineup, he had the second-worst second uh, plus-minus at plus 12. Draymond Green, and I love plus-minus stats. You'll hear it a ton through the season. I'll bring it up a lot because I really do think, obviously it's swayed by some things depending on who you're on the floor with. But it is, you'll see guys consistently with higher plus-minuses because they are just better to be on the floor with. It's that obvious. Um, Draymond Green showed his value. Ten points, only at eight rebounds. Eight rebounds is pretty good for him, but only at two assists, one steal, no blocks. But he had a plus 20 plus minus. Uh, That that really shows his value. Sean Livingston, same plus minus as Steph Curry in 15 less minutes. Um, You know, it, it was a game. It's just weird to watch Kendrick Perkins start an NBA game. It's a lot yeah. more weird to see him go five for five from the field because <laughs> I don't yeah. think he's ever shot made five straight shots. Um, but I mean, it, the the Pelicans are lucky. Anthony Davis knew how to 
get to the line last night or else this would have been a 30-point blowout. But the fact that it was only a 16-point game with this Warriors talent versus Pelican team, they didn't impress me too much last night. They they just really didn't. Right. It's one of those things where, again, and I mentioned this, and you even said it, I mean, it, it it's this is the way it's going to be for about a month for this New Orleans team. It's it's going to be bad. It's from the standpoint, this is why I said if Anthony Davis can come out and keep this team treading water in the Western Conference with a 500 record heading into December and they can get into the postseason, you're talking about a guy that needs to be and, and better be in the consideration for MVP because this is what they have to deal with for the next month plus. It's just the way it has to be. And, again, they got some guys coming back uh, kind of throughout the year, but they won't be really at full strength until about, you know, mid-December, maybe even January. And that's about the halfway mark of the year. And that's, that's where Anthony Davis is going to have this time to really show that he is the man coming into this league. And last night he didn't show it, but that's okay. It was, it was a ring ceremony night. Emotions were high for those in, in Golden State or in, in Oakland, as you would say. And it, it, it was, it's one of those situations where, look, you just don't expect that kind of performance from him to be like that again. But considering the emotions there in, in, uh, in Oracle Arena, you're, you wouldn't expect much more than what Anthony Davis did. 18 points in that environment isn't that bad. And considering the team surrounding him, that's pretty much the best you can expect. And that's not to knock on Anthony Davis or anyone else, but maybe even if LeBron came in there and had the team he had surrounding him with New Orleans, he might have the same type of performance, maybe a little better, maybe score 28 instead of 18. But it'd be the same kind of thing. And the Warriors looked like they'd still win. You said it's that Steph Curry was a little overrated last night. Again, and you're right. A lot of his points were scored early. I agree with that. I mean, they were all scored in the first, pretty much in the first half. All of his major production was in the first half, and then he disappeared again late in the game because he didn't need to show up. I mean, the team took took it away. He he's kind of like Steph Curry's kind of like the driver to get you out into the you know into the open, and then once the team's out into the open, he puts it on autopilot, and the rest of his team puts him on cruise control, and that's what he did. He 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 was the auto he was the driver of the of the of the car or the plane, and then his team took the rest of it, and they cruised on in for the victory. That's pretty much what he did. That's what he did last year. That's what this team did last year. That's why everyone stayed healthy last year, because at the beginning of each game, or most games, they would get out to a big lead, or at least get get off to a pretty good start. Then they would get into their bench, and their bench would come in and play well, which they did today, uh, last night as well. And then all of a sudden, Steph Curry could take more time off than usual. That's kind of this, how this team operated last year. That's why Steph Curry won MVP, because he barely played in the fourth quarter last year. I think he only played in like 40 of the 82 fourth quarters they had last year. He played in like half the fourth quarters last year because they didn't need to play because the team was so far ahead or doing so well that his presence didn't really matter. So that's why the people said he should win MVP, just based on the fact that he was so good in such a short, limited time, and he didn't even need to play the full game. So if he does play the, does play the full games, he did score even more points. So that's, that's all, again, that's all speculation, though. But, again, 40 points in the NBA, nothing to sniff at. Again, a lot of his shots coming from the outside. Um, I don't expect him to make these shots all the time. They, they can't the, – the thing is, people, the, the saying will always win and it will always come true. And last year, again, was a mirage for the Golden State Warriors. You live and die from the outside. If Steph Curry is going to keep shooting it from the outside, someone somewhere 
is going to get fed up with the fact that he keeps doing this with those little step back threes and those crossover moves. Someone's going to come at him, and they're going to. And, I, and again, I, I don't have any disrespect for this team. I think Golden State's outstanding. The defending champions are the best team in the NBA last year for a reason. I'm just telling it like it is. Someone, he's going to get under someone's skin playing that way. And the first thing that's going to happen is, is someone who's not going to have anything to lose, a la Ken, Kendrick Perkins, like you just mentioned, a guy with that kind of mentality, is going to run at Steph Curry at the three-point line and annihilate him. You're asking for it. It's kind, of like, it's kind of like the respect of the game type thing. It's like when you dunk over someone and you stare at them. It's kind of like, and, and, and again, Steph Curry is an amazing human being and a great person. But if you keep making step-back threes, getting all jacked up in front of the crowd because you're the quote-unquote little guy that can do it, Someone's, that's going to get under someone's skin because you're finally, you finally established yourself in the NBA as an NBA champion. You finally established yourself as a guy who can win MVP. You're a great player. You're a top five player, top ten player in the NBA, as many people would say. And you're still acting like you're a nobody. It's kind of like the Seattle Seahawks around here. You start to still think you have that mentality of no one respects you and no one cares about you. When, I know he knows people respect him. I know he knows people care about him. I know he's a good guy. But – it's going to get to a point where it's like, look, you're not the little guy anymore. You're a superstar and act like a superstar. Don't act like, you know, oh, I made this great step back three and I got fouled on it. Oh, yeah, let's get jacked up. And I know it's probably because he's not helping out the home team. But if he keeps doing that and he keeps acting like that, expect to get hammered outside on the outside. Cause it's, it's the kind of mentality that's awesome. But from another perspective, it's like, look, you're kind of showing up the other team to a degree, which is cool because – He's really good at it, and he's probably one of the greatest to ever do it. But at the same time, expect some backlash if that's the case. And if Steph Curry gets hurt, you're looking at a Golden State Warrior team that really has nothing. And, and that's what they've shown. And if you think I'm crazy for saying that, go look at the previous two years before, before, uh, before Steve Kerr got here when Steph Curry's ankles weren't helping him out. I'm just saying. I mean, seriously, though, if this guy gets hurt, you're looking at a team that's probably a 40-win team at best and that won't make the postseason. They've done it before. Last year was just a year where everything clicked. And I'm just giving it the way it is. And sometimes you just got to be real with what you say. And I'm just being real with what I'm saying about the Golden State Warriors. Again, you're listening to the Hoopers Log. If you'd like to call in and talk about any of these games, we're going to go to a break and we're going to preview the next coming uh, next games for the next couple of days. Tonight is an entire lineup where FanDuel, yes, the NBA season is back again, so the one-day fantasy action over at FanDuel.com is getting going. Last night, obviously, you only had three games, so you didn't probably have that many guys to choose, but tonight you got every single team in the NBA playing, I believe, except for maybe uh, the Golden State Warriors. They don't look like they're on the schedule, but everyone else is playing. I believe you got 14 games on the schedule tonight. You're looking at, or eight, yeah, 16. Yeah, a lot of teams playing tonight. That's all I know. And... If you want to pick up anybody on the FanDuel League, pick them up. Again, this is how you play. You pick up a team of nine, two point guards, two shooting guards, two small forwards, two power forwards, one center, and with just players from tonight's game, payouts you'll get the next morning. You'll get it done. You'll get it going. You got about what? I'd say you got about three, four hours until game time for some of these games. Washington and Orlando is the first game tonight. I mean, that game's going to be on at 7, uh, seven Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific time, so you're looking at about, I don't know, you're looking at about a four-hour window. Get going. Get FanDuel now. Again, join in. Leagues start at $1, and we have our promotion, Celtics. If you type in the promotion, Celtics, C-E-L-T-I-C-S, the first, only good for the first 50 people. Use the code Celtics, and you'll get a bonus of up to $200 matching your first $200 on your payment down payment. Again, FanDuel.com, where every day 
is a new season. That's FanDuel.com, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today and get it going. Again, we're going to preview the Wednesday games for tonight, and we're also going to preview some of the Thursday games. There's only three Thursday games, so whatever. But we'll get those done, and we'll get those done here shortly. But here is Steph Curry's 40-point game from last night. It's only like a two-minute clip. Andrew Bogut, who broke his nose, gets a nice pass to Curry. Bogut playing with a protective mask. The broken nose suffered during the course of preseason. Curry facing a triple team. Steph Curry, the NBA's MVP last season. He averaged just under 24 a game. And pass. Here comes Curry. Curry all the way. Up by three. Curry right back from downtown. And how about Kendrick Perkins with an Oscar East Park and Seth Curry has opened up with sensational shooting. Not exactly a surprise. He now has 12 points. Curry puts it up. Well, the audio for that was uh, rather terrible. I apologize. It sounded much better when I was uploading it, but uh, unfortunately it sounded bad. But that was a little bit of the clips from Steph Curry from last night. Again, 40 points for the, for the Golden State Warriors, 40.7 assists, six rebounds, and two steals. I promise that throughout the year we won't go as in-depth to these games like we will throughout the year, but we went in-depth today because of the fact that it was opening night in the NBA from last night on the 27th of October. 28th of October today, Wednesday, our Wednesday edition show. Again, expect shows daily starting next week on November 2nd all the way into the rest of the season. It'll only be about 30, 35, 40-minute long episodes. This is an extra-long show just based on the fact that we're breaking down opening night in the NBA. We're going to preview Wednesday, and then we'll break preview Thursday, and then we'll jump on out of here, and we'll get ready for a show on, on Friday. Again, we have we will have a special host, a uh, special Guest for us, B-Ball Break, a guy who has about 50, he has had about 50 million views over the last, I don't know, three or four or five years. He has over 230,000 subscribers on YouTube. Coach Nick from bballbreakdown.com. He'll come on to our show sometime around, I'd say, about 11.30 a.m. Pacific, 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Maybe a little earlier, maybe a little later. We'll get him on the show on Friday, and if you're in for a treat for that, he'll break down X's and O's with us. Around that time. Okay, let's get into the Wednesday shows. The Wednesday, Wednesday games real quick. Wednesday games. We have, our, we have our first game tonight, Washington at Orlando. I am more stoked for this game than the, most of the other games based on the fact that we have John Wall and this young Orlando Magic team coming in and playing each other. Washington's favored by four. What do you see from this game? Who do you got, Andrew? Uh, I got the Wizards actually just edging out the Magic. I think the young Magic are really going to show what they could do this year. Um, but, yeah, I have the Wizards just edging them out. It'll be close and deep into the fourth. 
I'll fl- I'll fly through some of these other games, and then we'll get to the games that that are that are intriguing to look at. Obviously, you have the nationally televised games, but there's a couple other games that I have uh, some questions, just maybe like one question on. But the rest I'll just fly through. Philadelphia, Boston. Boston's favored by eleven and a half. I don't think Boston's going to win by that much, but I think they'll get the win. Uh, Chicago's favored by five over the Nets. I think Chicago's going to get the win there. Um, they're going to destroy the Nets. I think they're going to kill them. Uh, and then Utah and Detroit. I wanted to talk about this one with you real quick, Andrew. we got Utah playing Detroit finally. Utah's first game of the year. Detroit coming in after their, this will be a back-to-back for them. Utah's favored by a point and a half on the home court of Detroit. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Detroit's going to do- get it done. What do you see from this one, Andrew? Um, I think Utah's definitely got a chance to pull it off just because it's going to be their first game against the Pistons who played last night. A lot of guys played 35-plus minutes. But uh, the the vibe around here about the Pistons is different than it's been for the last three, four years. Uh, I think the Palace is going to be rocking tonight, and I think my Pistons will actually pull it out. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Pistons are going to win. It's just because it's their home opener. Utah is still a young, really good team, I think, coming into this year. But they're still a young squad, and I think that coming in coming in to their game, first game of the year on the road against a team who just beat the best team in the Eastern Conference from a year ago, at least in the regular season, is a pretty good emotional high for them, and I think you're going to get it done uh, tonight against Utah as well. Charlotte at Miami. Uh, I think Miami's only favored by six and a half. I think Miami's going to get it done. I think they're going to pull out more than six and a half. I think they'll just blow out Charlotte, considering everyone's finally coming in healthy and Dwayne Wade. When he's fresh, he's one of the better players in the league, and he's probably only going to be fresh for the first, like, five games of the year, and then after that he's going to drop off. Uh, Indiana and Toronto. Yes, we have the Toronto Raptors playing their first game. No, absolutely. That's... That's 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 Drake for you. We're gonna have that every time we talk about the Toronto Raptors this year. By the way, uh, Indiana at Toronto, favored by five and a half is Toronto. What do you see in this game, Andrew? Who do you think is gonna win? Uh, I think the Pacers still gonna put it together. A lot of new faces on that team. I think Toronto's gonna take this one pretty easily. Uh, the matchups later in the year, I think, will be a lot more intriguing than this one. Yeah, I think I think this is going to be fun to watch from the standpoint of look. You got Damari Carroll on a, a freshly looked Paul George. It's going to look good. I think Paul George is going to come out and play well, but I think Damari Carroll is going to hold him. I think Demar Derozan's really going to have an outstanding game, considering Monte Ellis is having a little bit of some injury problems going on. Plus, Monte's not the best defender in the league, but I can see a guy in uh, Demar Derozan really carrying this team to a victory tonight. Denver at Houston. Houston's favored by ten and a half. Expect Houston to dominate. I don't know if they'll win by ten and a half, but they'll definitely win that game by a large margin. Cleveland at Memphis. This will be a fun game from the perspective of look, LeBron. They don't want to go off to an zero and two start. They're playing in Memphis. Five. Uh, Memphis is favored by five and a half. I think it'll be a closer game than we expect, and Cleveland might pull it out. What do you see from this one, Andrew? Um. Less minutes for LeBron off the back. Uh, Kevin Love's going to go 20-10, and 10, but I think the Grizzlies will actually pull this one out. Uh, you know, I think it could actually be by 6, 7, 8 plus. Yeah, it could happen. And if Cleveland starts off 0-2, you'll start hearing panic button from every single media outlet in America. Just Which be patient, silly. people. This, it's ridic- yeah, it's ridiculous. This Be patient with this Cleveland team, people. Kyrie and Iman Shumpert won't be back until about mid-November, early December, maybe even mid-December at the early, uh, you know, at the latest. It's going to take a while for this Cleveland team to get both their guards back, but LeBron should hold this team above water for as long as we can. The Knicks and the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are favored by six. This is the game where 
everyone's talking about the Knicks being a playoff team, and and it makes me it makes me sick. It makes me I, I like the Knicks. I really like Madison Square Garden. I'm I, I am kind of a side homer for the Knicks. I like them, but I'm going to be honest. This team is not a playoff team. The only way they're going to prove to me if they're a playoff team is if they can prove in Milwaukee. And if Carmelo Anthony can carry this team to a, to a very impressive victory, that will be the only way I'll be convinced that this team could make a sniff at the playoff position this year because Milwaukee is a team that already has that edge over the Knicks as a potential playoff team. So the Knicks have to dominate in this game or at least be convincing to give me the perspective of, look, I understand the perspective that they're going to be good now. But I think Milwaukee's going to take it away, and I think Milwaukee's going to get the win overall. Spurs at Oklahoma City, ESPN. 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. You better believe this game will be on on my phone at work. Now, granted, I will have the World Series on, but if the World Series turns into a dud, I will automatically switch to this game. I might, Man, I don't even know. It's not fair, Andrew. Game two of the World Series and Russell Westbrook's first game at home against my Spurs. It's not fair. I want to watch them both. Maybe I just need two phones. Uh, what do you see from this game? Oklahoma City's favored by four. The Spurs are coming in with their new crew. What do you see from this game? I think, honestly, this is game of the night. Oklahoma City's going to dominate. Uh, the Spurs looked bad in the preseason. Uh, not that that really factors much into even the first game. Uh, but they're going to have to figure out how to build that team around LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, it's in Oklahoma City. The fans are going to be pumped about KD being back on the floor. Uh, I think Oklahoma City's going to take it by uh, more than 10 points. I'm excited to see a guy in Russell Westbrook come in for his first game. I I honestly think Russell Westbrook's going to get like 28 and 11 and get like six, get like eight rebounds, six, eight, six rebounds, something like that. He's going to go stupid tonight. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I wouldn't be shocked if San Antonio won, but I wouldn't be shocked if Oklahoma City dominated as well. Dallas at Phoenix. I think Phoenix is going to get the win just because Dallas They have a talented team, but as we've said, they're really a a nice car with no engine. That's what they look like. And Phoenix has a team where, you know, they're a a pretty average team. And if you can just come out and play your game, they can contend with most teams. Not all teams, but most teams. I think Phoenix will get it done. They're favored by five. I think they'll win by six. New Orleans Pelicans in Portland. In in Portland. uh, Portland's favored by two and a half. I don't know how. I don't know why. Anthony Davis is going to go for 40, 15, and, and 8 tonight. I can just smell it. I can feel it. He's not okay with going, you know, 0-2 at the beginning of the year. And I think he's going to just – I think he's just absolutely going to dominate. What do you see from this one, Andrew? Oh, you stick Myers Leonard on Anthony Davis and you lose. It's that simple. I mean, it's going exactly. to be unfair. Exactly. Absolutely. And then you got Los Angeles Clippers at the Sacramento Kings. Uh, this will be interesting from the perspective of Sacramento. We'll have their new core out there. They'll have Rondo, Darren Collison, Rudy Gay, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, Willie Cauley-Stein will make his first game appearance. I mean, and, and the Clippers are just absolutely loaded. This is going to be interesting. I think the Clippers will win. They're favored by six. I think they'll win. They'll dominate. But I'm just curious to see how Sacramento is going to play. And then the final game from tonight, Minnesota at L.A. Obviously, there's going to be some heavy hearts in the crowd with the, the passing of Flip Saunders uh, over the weekend. Uh, LA is favored by three. Honestly, I think Minnesota is going to, I think Kevin Garnett's going to score 25 points tonight. I, I think Kevin Garnett is going to have a vintage type night just based on the fact of emotions alone. They're going to carry him throughout the game. Kobe Bryant will play well. I think he's going to do well. I think, I think both guys are going to have a vintage kind of night tonight. It's going to be KG and, and Kobe. It's going to bring me back to my, my young days of when I used to watch the NBA when I was a little kid, you know, it's going to be fun to see those two guys really duke it out. I just think Minnesota is going to win the game ultimately just based upon the fact that, look, their head coach just died. 
Guy's been watching them all summer. He's been around the team. He's been, do, he's been seeing them, been, been watching them improve, and he passed away. You better believe that a young group of guys, Zach Levine, might actually jump out of the building um, in this ball game. I think Minnesota will get it done. Uh, Andrew, anything else about the Wednesday games you want to talk about, or you want to move on to Thursday? And then... You know, just real fast, I think Minnesota is going to really take it to L.A., uh, show that young talent's going to come through. They're going to be playing with so much heart. Uh, they're going to be playing with, you know, more than, like, NBA Finals-type heart in this game. It's going to be really interesting. And then about Dallas and the Suns, uh, I think the Suns are going to show how how much better they really are than Dallas because I really don't think Dallas is good. The Suns are better at three out of five positions. And, you know, this year maybe even four with Markeith Morris and Dirk Nowitzki at the four. Markeith might be better than, than, than Dirk this year. But all in all, we got a really exciting day of basketball today. I'm really excited from the standpoint of, look, finally we can put all the previews to bed after tonight and we can really get a ground-level experience and seeing where the beginning of the season begins for all these teams tonight. It's, it's, I am excited from that perspective and knowing we can finally kind of see where all the fruition will take place after tonight. And then Thursday, kind of the highlight night of the NBA, Memphis at Indiana. I'm probably going to be watching that game more than I'll be watching the Atlanta Knicks game. I want to see Miami. I want to see Memphis and Indiana play. I really like Mike Conley and George Hill playing each other. I really like Tony Allen, and Monte Ellis. I really, like, I really like the matchups in that game. Probably going to watch it from an entertainment perspective. Um, and then Atlanta and New York, TNT, all the hype for the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. I might tune into that one just to see what the, the vibe is in Madison Square Garden. See, see Carmelo Anthony take a couple of buckets. I love watching Melo get some buckets. It's fun, especially in Madison Square Garden. And then obviously TNT. Uh, if you want to equate it to a meal for TNT, you got the TNT crew to set you up, get you your plates, get you your food. You know, they're kind of the waiters of the club. And then you got the Atlanta Knicks game, which is really your, your salad, your bread. It's your pre-meal. But then you got the full entree in Dallas and the Clippers. You better believe that this is the game everyone's watching tomorrow. I, I mean, definitely on Thursday, this is the game people have been waiting to watch since July. Once DeAndre Jordan made that call to go to, the, go to the Dallas Mavericks, and then he said, oh, no, I'm just going to have a guy's night out with my old teammates and then join them again, you better believe that Dallas is going to come out and be like, look, we, can, we don't take that crap. Dirk Nowitzki might go off for 40 points, I mean, for the first time in forever. This team might go off. Dallas might go off and play a really inspired brand of basketball. But at the same time, the Clippers might just come in and absolutely annihilate them, and DeAndre Jordan might actually go for 20 and 20. I mean, it could potentially happen. Who knows? But I am excited for that one because there is so much potential. What do you see from that Dallas and Clippers game and anything else from Thursday night, Andrew? Oh, that Dallas Clippers game is going to be fun. I think we might see some cheap shots. I don't think Dirk's the one that's going to be playing overly inspired. I think it's going to be Chandler Parsons, who really thought he got DeAndre Jordan to jump on ship, who's really done so much for the Dallas team as far as recruiting and trying to recruit goes. But but in all honesty, I think the best game by far that night is Pacers and Grizzlies. That is going to be a tough yeah. physical. If you like it, like, like how I mentioned the Pistons, if you like the bad boys type of play, this game is going to be fun for you. These are two teams. Obviously, Pacers have a superstar, but these are two teams. By the definition of the word, they are teams. They work together. They play hard. They hustle. They're physical. It's going to be, I think, by far the funnest game of Thursday. 
Yeah, I think it'll be one of the more entertaining, more pure brand of basketball games that's going to be fun to watch, but the entertainment value cannot be beat in Dallas. Can you imagine if Chandler Parson drives the lane on DeAndre Jordan and DeAndre Jordan just packs him? Oh, that's going to be an amazing thing to watch. Uh, that's that's pretty much our show. Andrew, you got anything else to say before we head on out of here? Oh, I just want to get off work. I'm, you know, I, you know is for the people who don't know, I actually do this show while I'm on my break. Um I want to get off work, I want to go home, and I want to watch basketball all night. I want to just sit in, sit on my couch, <laughs> turn on every league pass station, flip back and forth, eat a whole bunch of food, get fat, and just have fun. <laughs> That's exactly what I want to do, but I work through all this. So what I do is I usually put on my league pass, I see a game going down to the wire, I change it. I see Russell Westbrook getting 50 points, I change it. I see James Harden getting a crazy foul shot, I change it. I turn on the, you, you name it. it. It is crazy for me as well. I'm totally in the same boat as you, except the difference is, is I'm at work watching it while you're at home. This is the craziest time of year for me because I'm watching the World Series and the beginning of the basketball season. It's going to be a crazy night tonight. Again, 18 games over these next couple of nights. It's going to be fun. We're going to come back to you on Friday, the day before Halloween. We got Coach Nick from B-Ball Breakdown, baby. 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Andrew, anything else you want to say? Uh, first, I just want to thank Coach Nick. We're really excited to have him coming on. I'll thank him again after, of course. But, of course, as always, peace. Peace, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.